Okay, Matt, so this is the intro for episode three yep. of A Bootlock Lomond. Um, good episode? Yeah, I quite enjoyed recording it. Where were we that day? We walked up from Balmaha along the West Highland Way um, and then, don't know, for 20 minutes or something and then walked back. That's right. Uh, I do remember the editing being um, a bit funny because we did spend quite a long time talking about some things from Baywatch to um, the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff. But uh, was it not? Ah, uh, yeah, in Cardiff and though too in London as well. A bit of a bit of segueing, but hopefully uh, you find it mostly relevant. Um, we are we were meaning to talk about um, what were we talking about this. Monroe's. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll get onto corrections in a second, but um, we were indeed talking about this episode's called "Take the High Road" um, or "The High Road." Um, it has been a really long week, and I am quite tired. Um, but in this episode, we were lively and at it, and really, um, really up to the task. Um, except for maybe a few things, which is a, probably a good time to talk about corrections and apologies. Any, any major? Stumbling. Yeah, there was a massive one that I made. Uh, I got Corbett's and Graham's mixed up, which as soon as I listened back to it, I was like, oh dear, that's a bit, bit amateurish. But um, so clarifying that, that Corbett's are in fact bigger than Graham's. And um, we talk about the peaks in the Loch Lomond Trossics in this episode. So it's the Munros, the Corbett's, uh, and the Graham's. That's a. Um, uh, the scaling down of size in Munro's, Corbett's and Graham's and we got a wee bit a wee bit mixed up there so watch out for that um, Munro's are big Corbett's are slightly less big and Graham's are slightly less big than Corbett's so hopefully that's clear um, watch out for that also um, to the people of Bredelban I um, apologise I said Bredelbane Um that's a, from you, Johnny. Yeah, that's a kind of Gordon Ramsay-esque gaffe. Are you actually, you know, kind of somebody who pretends to, like goes like kind of an English person that goes to one of these clan meetings and um you know, we were in the town of Falkirk. Um yeah, so anyway, apologies for that. Um uh, there's also a section in the episode that I say, you know, about a hundred times in the space of two minutes, so I apologise for that. Um and also I think I mentioned something about Duolingo. Yeah, um, we were wrong about that as well. Yeah. It does, in fact, do Scottish Gaelic. Which is great. Yeah, um, so look out for Duolingo, Scottish Gaelic. Maybe um, we'll make, take some lessons in that as well. Um, so, yeah, those are the big ones. But this episode is a good one. Um, we do talk about Munro's, Corbett's and Graham's, and there's lots of really good walks around this area. We try and cover uh, some of the significant highlights and some of our own experiences of doing that kind of stuff culture of hill walking the kind of history behind it as well and we also talk a little bit about um, uh, mountaineering safety well um, uh, we refer you to, to better sources I think but yeah, I don't think we are um, exactly the people to come to when you're talking about that and uh, there's also some good life advice in this related to mountaineering safety so um, uh, listen out for that one um, but anyway hope you enjoy the episode um, yeah have a good one Have you watched the Baywatch? 
before, I think. Weirdly, though, it only starts in the third season, which I don't like. They've only got the rights from the third season on. Don't really get it. Is that like your relax, your day sort of relaxing I, I, show? That's what I watch before I go to bed. Just Aye. watch like an episode of that. See, I'm watching Seinfeld at the moment. Nice. I'm loving. Aye. First time I've watched it. Have you watched Pub Your Enthusiasm? No, I'm going to watch that oh, after mate, It's excruciating. It's really good, but it's painful. It's right. so, so painful. It's just like Larry David's really cringe in it. I think that's the whole point of it is that, like. Do you think that way's the Highland way? Millennium football. Millennium oh, Forest. And then. What is that? <laughs> I think that may be the West Highland way. That wee weird fizzle thing. Um, I am looking forward to watching that as well. I loved, I just watched the Seinfeld episode. Um, just George is fucking brilliant in it, isn't he? Aye. What's that on? Netflix. I don't, I've not seen it in ages. It's just genius, man. And it ages really well because none, none of it is really cultural. Like, Aye. <laughs> it's just sort of like random sort of things between people, you know? Did you see that um, Fabrizio Romano announced that Cucurella was at Chelsea and then... Uh, they had to release a statement saying that he'd not right, signed for anyone. And we're like, this isn't true. <laughs> <laughs> he looks really funny, that guy, doesn't he? Who? Cucurella. Aye. He's got mad hair. Ringlet. Yeah. Probably should have brought Smidge with me. I don't want to get bitten by a clay or something. Oh, it's always this steep. I guess, does this kind of make sense though? That we're walking this way? Uh, because... Like the road goes that way, somewhere. Yes, there is a trail though that takes you like up, if you know what I mean, like this would, you're not going to be walking next to the road. <laughs> that's what I had in mind, oh I think it is down there mate. Right. Because that's the pier and it just kind of keeps very tight to the water. Okay, let's go. I don't know where we're going right now. I think this is just like kind of circular. This is a circular path. Aye. Well, aye. We could actually do the circular path, I think, and take it back down there. You want to just do that? Yeah, nice. Maybe makes a bit more sense. Maybe slightly more um, Wind shelters. Yeah. Have you seen Top Gun 2 yet? No, I've not. I did notice that I think GFT or someone like that are doing Top Gun 4K followed by Top Gun 2. I would just go see Top Gun 2 if I were you to get a chance in maybe even Canada. Aye. Apparently it's uh, Rab's birthday. On uh, Friday. Right. Tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. Well, I said to Div, I was like, I won't be doing much, I'm working Saturday, but I could take the car somewhere. Is he going to the sugar show? And uh, <laughs> Div says he's not sure yet. So.
So this is a Millennium Forest. Do you remember the Millennium? Vaguely. I think we were in there. Aye. No, we didn't. Yes, I do. I vaguely remember it. Uh, there was a lot of Millennium things, wasn't there? There was a Millennium Stadium. There's a Millennium Aye. Hall in Gartharn, which I don't think is affiliated with yeah. Millennium Stadium I mean, in Cardiff. Was that C02? Like in London? Aye. Was that not a Millennium something building as well? What's this? Top of the Millennium Forest, Balmaha. Is that Inchconican, do you think? No, I think that's Inchfad. Right. And Conican's one, like... Right, aye. It's over there. Aye, with a hill on it. It's a nice thing. wee gaff on Inchfad. Mm. Couple of gaffs. Yeah. A bit of a challenge to swim across here, do you think? Eh, uh, yes, I'd say so. Is that the peak of Ben Lomond? Yes, like yeah. over there. Oh, yeah. Tiny little bird. I reckon that maybe Jink we've went to the the back bit of this circular path and went in there. <laughs> Possibly. <I> yeah. <laughs> Maybe let's just go back down that way, so we don't get, like, um... See that far, you can see, see relatively far up north, that, you know, that island block off there. Yeah, so the guy from here, he takes you on a boat, he takes you to Inch Conican. Kyloch. Inch Kyloch, sorry. Aye. And, um... I wonder how easy it is to get a wee trip to Inch Fad. Probably need a... a vessel. Vessel, some biggest description. Raft. Some nice wee sandy beaches and that. Aye, mm. the best for that's like inch more up there. Back in the road. Do you want to get a picture? Think you'd ever uh, walk the West Highland Way? Yeah, I don't know. There's a couple of folks I worked with that did it last year. They did it the central and got folks like carry, like you basically ah, right. give your bags to someone and they take it for you. And I think they were saying in like, B&Bs and that, which again, yeah. seems like a nicer way to do it. Well, you've got like the kind of rubber denim hostel in that. Aye. Stay in. Um, but the idea of camping for a few nights consecutively doesn't sound appealing to me. Doesn't it do it for you? No, especially once you, obviously, if your clothes get wet, that's them. It's them wet? Yeah. Quite literally. <laughs> when your clothes are wet, they're wet, yeah. as they say. Yeah, I like the idea of it as well. I think if I did it, maybe I'd do it that way as well. Aye. Just so it's a bit more enjoyable. Yeah, because you don't want to spend a full week just hating your life. Yeah. And then get to the end of it and I'm like, <laughs> oh, that definitely. was actually all right. Never want to was spend it? a full week doing that. Um, aye, that'd be good. Problem is, I think I'm really bad to, like, to do something like that or even like, you know, the, the more extreme case, like the North Coast 500, but you have to kind of commit to taking a week off and spending it all in Scotland, where now in a slightly post-pandemic world, it's like you kind of want to go out the country now yeah, again, you know? I... So it's about, I think for me, I just need to say to myself, 
I'll have lots of opportunities to do both, hopefully, and just try and commit to taking time off in Scotland and like. Aye. Although my own dad cycled through the other Hebrides a few years ago and came back and like it wasn't a holiday. So if you want a holiday, <laughs> it wasn't a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> That's a review and a half. Uh, <laughs> Is your holiday? It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't <a> holiday. <laughs> <laughs> what makes a holiday then? Do you need to have a? Do you need to be having a spritz in some sort of nah, bar? I think, or? like coming back more bust than you went is <laughs> probably not a holiday. Yeah, I know exactly what that means, yeah. It reminds me like uh, uh, a boy I went to school with <laughs> um, whose dad worked in Jamaica. Oh, right, aye. Who took us to Jamaica because uh, he worked there and we actually did work experience and like, well, he, our mate, he ended up working in a plush office for a week and I was in a warehouse for two weeks, right? Don't know how that drew that short straw, but at the end of the two weeks we had one weekend free. It was actually a really great trip, but it was exhausting, like because you're working late and it's like fucking 40 degree heat, and nobody understands what you're saying because they're all Jamaicans from Kingston and you're some wee guy from Dumbartonshire. Um, and uh, yeah, so I remember like at the end of last weekend we actually went to Montego Bay and stayed there for a night, and it was incredible. But I was trying to make the most of it so much. Being from Scotland as well, you're really paranoid about not making use of the sun. Yes, yes. So like, basically, I was like, I'm going to try and get as much of a suntan as possible. And what happened, obviously, I completely burnt myself to a cinder. And the plane journey back was just fucking awful. Painful. Oh my God. I couldn't sit down properly. <laughs> like, because my, if my stomach, if the rolls of my stomach touched one another, it was so painful. <laughs> yeah, was that a holiday? Uh, well, that's the thing, you know, the, the few parts of it were nice, but, you know, I think um, sometimes you want a little bit more sort of recreation downtime. Yes, I, maybe that's to add to the list of things to make all the recreational activities. Yeah. Right. Try to kill ourselves here? I don't know, we're walking across a very stony outcrop, I don't have a, a fucking <laughs> fluffy microphone in this. Boatman's looking at us quite suspiciously. Well, there's a bridge there, which makes me think this is the West Highland Way still, but... It is eye windy. Aye, in the incorrect way. Incorrect way, I've discovered from my uh, Doric-speaking friend that that is indeed not the correct way to use eye. Yeah, we've been using it like that for quite a long time. Well, this bridge is going over quite a nice little pebbly beach. Are you afraid of heights? Nah, I'm alright. You alright? I'm afraid of heights, I think. Because even looking down there, I'm like, what if I fall through those one-inch squared rails? Which is quite difficult for a man of my size, but... Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, sorry, I mean... I'm definitely not falling through a one-inch squared yeah. hole, I know that much. Even if you make yourself into a wee pencil? Yeah, well, I could try. That's the next podcast. Uh, it's a great audio-visual experience, turning myself into a pencil to fall through a gap in the, in the floor. Yeah, it's quite rough and tumble, this West Highland Way path. I was expecting the more rolling paved, yeah, paved road. 
It's a lot of nice wee beaches though. Mm. Yes. Not the weather, sunbathing though. Not quite, uh, yeah, a wee bit chilly, but I've still got the t-shirt and shorts on because it's above 14 <laughs> degrees, uh, slightly above 14 degrees. Oh, shit, almost broke my ankle there. There are a lot of nice wee beaches. That's something to, if you want to walk along the West Highland Way from Balmaha up north, there's a lot of nice little coves you can hang about in. Really nice. And the sun's starting to sort of speckle across the pebbles, it's bonny. Definitely is bonny. Now, because we've, we've set off from Balmaha where there's a statue of Tom Weir, a guy who was kind of a pioneering sort of mountaineer and what's the word? Naturalist? What's the one? Yes, you no, don't, not, not a naturist, because that's no, a naked person. Yes, so he wasn't, well, as far as I'm aware, he wasn't a naturist. He wasn't famed for being naked. No, 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 he wasn't. He wasn't <laughs> like a page three model. He wasn't like that. He was a, he was, um, a naturalist and uh, did a lot of shows for the BBC. And he kind of made a lot of these, that's the area he helped make really famous. Um, make sure I'm recording there. Um, and yeah, there's a statue of him at Balmaha just because of his kind of, Paying testaments to sort of impact. And there's actually, if you Google him, you can find a lot of his articles online. He used to write stuff as well. Um, can't remember where this one's from, but um, there's a few words from it which are really quite nice about sort of kind of sum up quite nicely like a day in, in uh, this part of the world. So Tom Weir says, Sunday morning in Gartaharn where I live, I am up early to enjoy a few hours on the marshes of Endrick Mouth before the world is awake. This is a time when I don't want company, but like to let my mind dwell only on the sights and sounds of the Loch Lomond shore. Each day has its own mood. This one has vigorous clarity. The crags of nearby conic hill are grey. The heather is richly warm. Yellow water li lilies float with pink persicaria in the pools. The white blocks of quartz near the top of Ben Lomond spark sparkle like snow and cloud shadows float across the knobbly peaks of the Arakar Alps. Nice. Yeah, do you know, you read that to me a few weeks ago and then um, was out in the lock and was looking up at Ben Lomond and you know what, I could see the quartz was the sparkling. Quartz. I'd never yeah. noticed that before until you'd... Well, I used to think it was snow, but Aye, I didn't realise no. it was actually the quartz. Nah. It makes sense, because it's summer, why would there be snow, but... Yeah, despite the fact that it's cold. It's, it's, not cold, that cold. Up there. it's still cold up there, but yeah. That's nice, that's uh, something to keep up. Well, the good thing is, even if you live somewhere that feels quite, what's the word, industrial at times, like the Vale, like Alexandria. Yeah, a couple of miles away. You if, you're well, if you're driving through the Vale, uh, you, you can see Ben Lomond. Ben Lomond quite clearly on a nice day. It's incredible how it just sort of, it's like, you know, it's like, I don't know, maybe you're in a kind of suburban prefecture of Tokyo and you can see uh, Mount, uh, Fuji. Mount Fuji sort of in the distance, you know, it's quite... Well, I don't know. Similar to me in my head, but um, I can see where you're coming. You're from. You're definitely further from a quality um, uh, sushi bar, anyway, in yeah. the Vale. I would say the fishmongers is good, but it's not quite Tokyo fish market. Not quite. Well, maybe that's what we need to tell. We need to tell um, David to start stalking uh, sashimi. <laughs> uh, start just become a become an expert like uh, Gyro dreams of sushi. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, so we're walking along the West Island Way, it's like a very popular route for campers and stuff. Um, 
and yeah, I mean the culture of hill walking is pretty well established here at this point. Um, you say most people you know have sort of like like to bag them in row or something mm. like that. Eh? Yes, as we've as we've discussed Aye. previously. It's a wee random wee cherub statue in this beach. It's interesting. It's a tribute. Yes. Yeah, it's another really nice beach here across just up the highest island way from Balmaha. And there's people on their boats sort of lapping along. Um, yeah, would you, I think going back to that question, would you say that most people we know kind of have spent a weekend sort of trying to, you know, walk up a hill or something like that? Yeah, I mean, I'd say most folk in a friend group, an extended friend group, have at least climbed one in a row. Yeah, it's a pretty popular thing to do around here. Um, so people do kind of make use of the environment but it wasn't always like that and um, we'll get onto that maybe a bit later on but yeah the highest peak um, this, this episode by the way is all about um, sort of hill walking and hills in the area which is obviously a great attraction if you're coming here as a, as a tourist as well but Ben Moore is the highest peak in the National Park of uh, Loch Lomond and the Trossachs followed by Stobbinen is that how we're pronouncing that? Right so this is I, I don't know like <laughs> Both my mum's parents were from Barra and Gaelic's are first language and yet I cannot speak or pronounce a single uh, word in it, so... So my, my approach has always been to pronounce things extremely quickly. Just, just like that. Shove the words yeah, in together yeah, and hope no one knows. them as fast as possible together yeah. and that seems to be sometimes work. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's... Um, so it's followed by that, which is a big peak. I think it might... Um, might even be connected uh, to Benmore, that, that peak. Yes, for, uh, with which it forms a near equal to twin peak with. So Stobb, Binning and Benmore are quite close to each other and are two large peaks. And where can people find them? Um, they, they can find them... That kind of clean laddish? Yes, so up near the top of the loch, basically Aye. the north side of the loch. Um, yeah. And let's see, so... Then after that, you've got um, Ben Louis, which is a, another big peak. So Ben Ben Moore, I should say, is 3,850 foot tall. That's 1,174 metres for uh, all you metric nuts out there. Um, None Brexiteers. Yes. None of uh, just keeping to your imperial measurements. Um, ben Louis is... Uh, around, you know, just over 100 foot shorter than that. So it's 3,730 feet or 1,130 metres. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, we've actually got an image here of some of the peaks in the area. Um, let's have a look. So, obviously, um, one of the really popular peaks around here is Ben Lomond. Where can people find that, Matt? Uh, that's at River Denon, so probably about halfway up the loch. Um, maybe, maybe less than half. Well, more, uh, yeah, about halfway up the loch uh, on the east side. Um, so if you want to get there, you go to Balmaha and then the roads. Just you follow that road and continue along it, and it'll get you there. And um, yeah, we also you also have sort of uh, some peaks along there. That's the that's the east coast of the loch. Along the west coast, you've got um, stuff like the Cobbler as well, which is not a Monroe, but you've got some some peaks around there. And then yeah, north of that, you've got. Your Ben Moore, Ben Louis, Ben Vorlich, um, which is quite near Loch Katrine, where you've also got things like Ben Ann and Ben Venu. Yes. 
um, and we'll get into the classifications of Monroe and Grahams and Corbett's in a wee second uh, perhaps after we <laughs> launch ourselves over this rocky river um, how do you like Robert I'm gonna kind of quick, quick or I'm gonna like quick, dub, quick and dangerous or double tap X and basically try and hop across it like Luigi. Long jump it. And probably drop either my phone or my microphone into it. Oh, expertly done. Expertly done. Um, yeah, we're we're dealing with quite a lot of uh, interesting terrain here. But this seems like the path. I mean, we're sticking near the water, so we can't really go wrong. Um, but of course, all these kind of peaks. Uh, like, you know, there's a the book we read in preparation for this by um, what's the lad's name? Uh, <laughs> um, Southern Highlands book. It's called the Southern Highlands. Um, it's called uh, the guy who wrote it. It's called DJ Bennett, who we're now going to um, lovingly call DJ um, for the rest of this episode. But he he has a book called the Southern Highlands, and he kind of connects these peaks, uh, you know, groups them together. Um, and it stretches, and in, in this book, uh, it stretches right out to um, sort of uh, Stirling and, and, and Edinburgh, in fact, in the Firth of, of Forth, uh, on the east coast of Scotland. So you can, you know, you can kind of see the relationships between these peaks, you know, as they kind of group together. Loch Lomond and the Trossachs, a large number of them fall just in that national park alone, um, where we have Loch, uh, Loch Lomond and Loch Katrine and... I guess uh, Loch uh, Arklet and Loch Ard and stuff oh, like Loch that Ard, as well, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, which are some really nice places to visit as well. So um, yeah, a lot of really nice peaks and we'll talk about the different classifications and the different types and some stories related to each one, hopefully. Um, but yeah, so we have um, a culture of hill walking, but there's also uh, a little bit of rock climbing to be done. Uh, DJ himself says that the region isn't quite noted for it. No. Um, but there are some worthy exceptions. Well, I think it's not in the national park, but Dumbarton Rock's quite a yeah. challenging uh, rock climbing yeah. peak. Um, so I've heard from. Yeah. Well, I've been, I, I was a member of doing a bit of outdoor exercising during the pandemic at the track, just on, uh, on the shore. Grove, yeah, right. Leaving Grove, and uh, there were some people hanging off the side of the mountain. <laughs> nice. So if that's what you're into, you can do that too. Uh, the cobbler apparently is quite good for that as well, but obviously make sure you've got the right equipment. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a dangerous one. <laughs> we'll get on to safety in this area in a second, but there's also some ski mountaineering to be done. Lots of good opportunities in the region, according to DJ. Um, special shout-outs go to the Breadalbane Mountains. Breadalbane? Breadalban? Is that what we call oh, uh, I'd say Breadalbane. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's right or not. We can maybe... You can maybe, before this episode, we've done some corrections. That, that, that <laughs> we, we, That's a common feature. So, um, so the Breadalbane Mountains are from the high and remote... That, well, sorry, they are high and remote from the mild influence of the western seaboard. Now, if you live in the west of Scotland... The last thing you'll describe the weather as is mild, but I think by this it means that it isn't doesn't get extremely cold usually. Aye, but it also doesn't get hot. Well, yeah, I was going to say like the west coast of Scotland doesn't tend to get very cold. It's mainly just rain and wind. Yeah, I was actually hanging about with my colleague from Birmingham yesterday, um, and she was like, I was wandering in a t-shirt. And she's like, you're not freezing. And it was like maybe like 13 degrees or something like that. Aye, we're in we're in the sort of height of summer, by the way, and. Um, you know, I was just like, I don't know, it's like, it's just like, is it always this cold? I'm like, pretty much, you know, it's kind of like winter, summer, it's all really the same, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and once it gets to summer, you need to make most of the vitamin, very little vitamin D, so yeah. as much exposure of skin as possible. Absolutely, you need to expose yourself as much as you possibly can. Oh, we're about That's to be approached a by a family, I better pause this. Yes, sir. 
young lad come entering in the bush shrubbery um, for the podcast there. But yeah, um, so that, I mean, you, ski mountaineering, despite that kind of mild climate, if you want to call it that, is still possible. And I guess now we can go on to talking about the classifications, Matt. Would you like to kind of cover what we're looking at here? Uh, yes, so classifications start with, um, we go highest to lowest. So Monroe's, um, as we've said before on this, there's 3,000 feet in Easter. That's the minimum uh, that it can be. And then um, after that, we go on to a Graham, which is um, got 2,500 feet up. And then a Corbett's uh, 2,000 feet up to 2,500. Cool. And there's even um, some smaller peaks than that that we'll talk about as well in the area. Yeah, we'll start walking backwards now because one, we're running out of battery in the microphone because I failed to understand how AAA batteries work. And Can you uh, AAA batteries? I've also taken a morning off work. I think I told them that I was running errands that were very important, but um, actually I was launching my side hustle as a celebrity podcaster. Um, I'm sure it's going to work out great. Um, <laughs> so we actually have quite a lot to talk about still. We have... Uh, but let's start with some uh, general advice now, if you're thinking about coming out here and doing stuff. Um, we'll actually talk a little bit about the freedom to roam, um, because that's, that's quite um, a unique characteristic of this area, and to Scotland in general. Um, can you describe briefly, can I summarise what the freedom to roam is, Matt? Basically, you've got the right to roam, almost wherever you'd like. Without like some sensible exceptions apart from it. Yeah. But farmland, you yeah. pointed out you cannot in fact go into someone's house and demand, 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 demand a cup of coffee. Food and beverages from them. Uh, that's something that's really important to remember. Don't fall into that trap. We've all we've all done it. Um, <laughs> I did once walk into an old woman's kitchen and demand an empire biscuit and How did that go? She, I think she might, She gave me a custard custard cream and I wasn't very happy. Custard so sun. you need to really measure the expectations when you're doing this kind yeah. of thing. Um, so the Freedom of Rome is part of the kind of Land Reform Act, which was introduced in 2003. And it gives everyone rights of access over land and inland water throughout Scotland, subject to specific exclusions, blah, 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 blah. Um, this is not the case elsewhere in the UK. So in England, you know, if you're walking across a field and uh, your you know, dog gets snipered by a farmer, then... <laughs> It's totally legit. You get no complaints whatsoever. You can't complain. Can't complain. Um, or if you get shouted at by a farmer, is a more kind of um, mundane example. But depends where you are. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, you know, even if you're walking across farmland again in Scotland, you you kind of want to be careful. You know, just being respectful of everyone. But the freedom of Rome does give you gives you an element that people a trust and accountability um, when it comes to wild camping and just walking across the country. But you do get a lot of freedom to explore, which is fantastic. Um, you don't really have to worry about too many things about private paths and whatnot. Um, so, you know, th this has actually got a very long and interesting history. Um, after what past people. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a long and interesting history when it comes to the freedom of Rome in Scotland. Um, so before 2003, uh, you know, there was kind of an understanding between landowners and walkers. At that point, the culture of hill walking had been kind of promoted by people like Tom Weir and it was possible to go around. But, you know, the fact that, you know, in Scotland, around half of the country is owned by only around 500 people, which is mental. So that would mean that, you know, private trespassing would have been hard not to do, yes. basically. Um, 
So yeah, it's a lot of the country would have been out of bounds, really realistically, uh, for walkers. Um, so yeah, where specifically can't you roam? We've kind of covered that uh, a little bit as well. But yeah, you know, private places such as construction sites and quarries. Let's not start walking at the quarries. Yeah, well, I mean that's just again kind of common sense. Common sense, yeah. All right. Um, busy path this for podcast, isn't it? Yeah. It seemed like a good idea when we started. It was nice and quiet, but <laughs> yeah. in that twenty minutes or so, it's been uh, all sorts. Um, so, yeah, uh, as as travelnest.com, which is quite a useful resource for this, says generally common sense prevails when it comes to freedom to roam. Um, but as I said, the history is really interesting of the of the law itself and. It can be linked back, really, to the birth of boffy culture. Um, Matt, what, what is a boffy, generally speaking? An unmanned kind of... Some of you can stay overnight, so it's basically like a very basic... Um, small building, usually with a fire in it, maybe some kind of... Now they'd maybe have a smallish kitchen and then yeah, a sleeping area. Um, so yeah, unmanned, you don't really tend to have to pay for them, they're just kind of there. Yeah. And um, traditionally sort of based in the sort of mountains of Scotland, Yeah, right? it's like slightly more um, remote areas where, yeah. you know, um, there is no option but to yeah. s- stay there. And, um, you know, um, it's somewhere between maybe a tent and a glamping pod for all you modernists out there. It's uh, <laughs> a good way to describe it as well. Here we are, trying to cross back across this path. Matt has done so expertly. I'm struggling a wee bit. There we go. Um. All right. Um. So yeah, I mean, uh, do you know how how these boffies came about? Really interesting because it links all the way back. It has a bit of a kind of if you're into your sort of um, socialist takes on history, this is a good one um, because it links back to sort of the Highland clearances. And if any of you don't know about that. Basically, the land ruling elite in Scotland in the 1700s and 1800s essentially just told everyone who lived there, all the crofters, the farmers in the highlands of Scotland, to just fuck off, basically. So were they looking to... They were wanting to use the land for animals as a Sheep farming. Yeah, I guess. And that that requires a lot of land, and it doesn't require many people. Um, So they were getting more money off of that than they were from people living on the land and, and having their own small crofting farms. So basically, people like Lord Sutherland, uh, who are, you know, you can actually, um, interestingly, one of our favourite bars in, in Glasgow, the Lismore, is, oh, yes. is uh, the urinals are um, covered in the names of, of these <laughs> landowning elites. So you can actually piss on their memory, which is quite an interesting feature, isn't it? Um, uh, yeah, I didn't actually know that. That's <laughs> Did you not? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and uh, the bar's really nice otherwise, not just for urinating. It's yeah. a really nice pub, I want to say that. Um, I do recommend you go in there. Lismore and Partick in Glasgow. Um, yeah, just make sure I still recording there. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> but yes, coming back to the Highland clearances. So, a lot of the a lot of the buildings that were left by people, some of them in these remote areas, basically when people came back from the war, the Second World War, uh, people were working obviously hard jobs and they started to go out to the mountains to explore. But obviously at that time, um, not only was sort of mountaineering. Uh, knowledge not very well extensively understood among the kind of working class in Scotland um, so they had to kind of make do with, with less infrastructure and resources so 
yeah, they, they basically found these outposts, these um, places that were uh, uninhabited, so many of them maybe ruins or even just kind of full structures mm. left by people, um, Highlanders who had been cleared out of the land. And they basically, you know, commandeered them so, uh, as places that they could stay as, as they en- try to enjoy their life in the, with the little time they had off during, during the weeks, you know. Um, so it's a really interesting culture and I kind of like to think of it as sort of the working class sort of... <laughs> it doesn't really forgive what happened against the Highlanders, but as a way of the kind of working class in Scotland to get back at the elite by, um, um, and I should say, against the elite's will, sort of <laughs> taking over these buildings, because yes. I think the landowners, there was a response from them initially. Um, um, yes. Um... Aye, so, yeah, there was a response from the, the landowners initially, which was, um, you know, they basically didn't like the idea of people being in these buildings on their land, but to be honest, it was so hard for them to police that they ended up just letting it go. And I think that, you know, there is um, an actually a really good article about all of this that you can read. Um, let me just see. It's, it's called The Radical History of Scotland's Boffies. It's on tribunemag.co.uk, so I recommend you, you look at that. But essentially, you know, this laid the foundations, really, of sort of hill-walking culture in Scotland, among, especially among the working class, and probably a lot, you know, led up a lot to the, the freedom of Rome and the Land Reform Act in 2003, which was fought for for a long, long time. Yeah, by so activists. How long do you reckon that was kind of between folk kind of starting to commandeer these uh, buildings back yeah. and the actual Reform Act? Well, coming in it, so it would have been like 1945 or late 40s up until 2003, you know, so that's a, that's a 60 year sort of history, isn't it? Like, of, but, but yeah, it wasn't so easy to move around Scotland as it is now, so let's uh, take advantage of it, basically. Yeah, we were saying beforehand, like, you do just totally take it for granted the fact that you can almost go where you wish um, so yes I other people should take advantage yeah. of it as well but when you are walking about there's some there's some pointers and sort of tips that you need to know and one thing is just for the the environment like a lot of these people who are in the know they really recommend and encourage people to stay on the path so like we're on the West Highland Way just now there is a kind of very well-trodden path that's either been put here on purpose or has just been used quite singularly over the years by people. So try and remain on those paths and don't veer too much off them. Why would that be, Matt? It's bad for the ecology of the area. Yeah. So instead of trampling over all of the land, you can just go through one area and you're not affecting um, any plants or wildlife there. Or you're affecting less. Yeah, exactly. Um, And, you know... In terms of like safety and stuff like that, right off the top, <laughs> we should say that you know we're not going to be a, we're not going to be a kind of sacred voice on this, but we do have some tips here and some uh, places to refer you to for information. But you know, make sure you prepare. If you are in an emergency, like in the mountains, for example, um, call nine 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 and request mountain rescue. Uh, sorry, ask for police then request mountain rescue because um, there's a great obviously mountain rescue service here, which is mostly volunteer. Voluntary, and I think, yeah. Um, um, and people can help you out there but obviously you know don't do this lightly but you can also help help them out by being prepared yourself so that means you know looking at things like mountaineering.scot uh, the website mountaineering.scot and and looking at the information they have there i mean there's mental stories of like you know um not singling out a nation here but um oh, we're just walking past more people here hi um you know I remember reading a couple of years ago about like a group of like young French guys who went up Ben Lomond in like Asics in the winter in like yes. shorts and yeah. stuff like that. Um, well, I was going to... Right. 
Yeah, but remember when we went for that walk in River Den in November and it was like half yeah. two and it was just, I got pitch black after about half an hour and we yeah. were stuck up we this mountain. Like, about the mountains in the dark, I yeah. Can't see where I'm going. Yeah, yeah, we literally have no idea how we get down the mountain. So, like, we make a mistake as well, but you can help yourself out by making sure you have the right equipment. In Scotland, generally, the weather is changeable, to say the least. Yeah, it's good about that. times of the year. Five minutes and five miles rule. Where the weather changes every five minutes or five <laughs> right, miles. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good rule uh, to go by um, yourself. So, you know, make sure that you're, you've always got layers, I would say. You know, layers are your friends. Waterproof layers are really your yes. friends in Scotland at all times of the year. Um, and, uh, yeah, make sure you have studded footwear, especially if you're doing any kind of hill walking. Um, and if you're camping, remember, it will most likely be cold at night. Um, and there are also some really important rules around things like starting fires. So don't start <laughs> fires lightly in anywhere, you know. Um, check so out... <laughs> a life, can I, a life advice. A don't life advice. Start fires. Think of us as an agony ant column. <laughs> uh, don't just start fires, figuratively and literally, <laughs> I would say. Um, uh, you know, as much as we all have a bit of pyro at the football, um, <laughs> there's, uh, there's rules. So, yeah, you can check out Camping Hygiene at mountaineering.scot for more information on that. Um, yeah, so we have um, so the, so this kind of the, the rest of the podcast. We're going to talk about like a little bit about Munro's, Graham's, and Corbett's, and some smaller peaks. And we're also going to talk about um, a little bit about Gaelic language as well. Um, so let's start off with um, Munro's, the taller peaks in the area. Yes. Um, how many Munro's are there in the national it, park, Matt? Um, there is twenty-one Munro's in the national park. Um, and so Ben Lomond is actually the most southerly Munro at 3,195 foot and that's it you know if you park at River Denning which is very difficult to do on a sunny day yes. um, you can uh, you're probably better to be honest walking the West Highland way up to Ben Lomond <laughs> genuinely from somewhere a bit further out like Balmaha and um, going up that way um, um, and Ben Lomond is also the 12th highest in the National Park it's a really great I think we mentioned this earlier in the series but it's a really great peak to sort of do if you're just going to start now yes I I think because there's different ways you can go up about it as well up, up yeah. it uh, you can choose kind of which level of difficulty you'd like but the main trail is uh, it's not um, yeah. I'd say when we did the cobbler in the winter it was worse than any time I've done uh, Ben Lomond we were we literally we were like up to our thighs in snow weren't yeah, we hands and knees on frozen <laughs> snow one of our friends is like I can't go on any longer <laughs> there was like we were literally just falling down the snowy mountain which is not recommended um, but yeah um, it's also so as you said it's got it's actually got two major routes I think up and down it so yes. there's the main route which is actually it's, it's quite flat in many places it mm -hmm. plateaus a lot it's really nice um, it's a bit of a longer route um, perhaps, but there's a steeper route which is yes. called the Tarmigan Ridge. Aye, which is on the west side of the yeah the mountain. Uh, yeah, the mountain. And for some bizarre reason, I have a picture of a ptarmigan in my notes here. It is a white. It's a it's a, a nice looking bird. Um, it's white at the bottom. It's sort of got nice grey brown feathers and a lovely orange to kind of like tie dye neck head thing. Yeah, kind of like a <laughs> copper neck, copper neck red head. Yeah. Nice, nice features. Um, all right, yeah. how's it going? Right. Yeah. Hiya. Hi. How's it going, all right? Sorry, Pat. That's all right. Go. Go, go, go. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you. Um, 
Why? Oh, really busy now along the, the banks of Loch Lomond. Oh God, there's a tourist party here as well, which is fantastic. Um, probably in front from Neil Oliver commentary. Oh aye, they're getting a wee cruise, are they? Um, so a friend of the show, Neil Oliver, makes another appearance. That's good. I think we need to mention him in every single episode now, don't we? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a given at this point. So, um, <laughs> yeah, the Ben Lomond. Lomond comes from Cumbric word um, Illumon, is that yes, what it's called? Yes, it? I think so. I mean, I get, Cumbric's a dead language, so I don't even know if there's anyone you can ask about that. But That uh, sounded like an insult there. It's a fucking dead language. <laughs> I think you're right, though. Yeah. Pretty fucking old. <laughs> As people don't really regularly speak it anymore, yeah. Um, right, as we try and walk through this horde of tourists, let's see what we can... We may have to pause proceedings for a bit. Yeah, that, that comes from the Cumbric word illumin, meaning beacon, flash or light. That's the word lomond. Um, and Gallic lumen, meaning barren hillock. Yeah, interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, in the Western Ridge, the ptarmigan is obviously named after uh, the bird. It's um, shown on Rob Roy's map. 1750 and Ponce map 1600. Yes, as uh, hell of the ptarmigan. Yes, I think um, they were to kind of Ponce map for sure is like very early naming of um, Scottish or hills and highlands and around Scotland. But I believe the maps ended up getting burnt, so they're no longer in existence. Or like the maps, there's only a small kind of portion of them left. Hmm. Interesting. Um, well, other Munro's kind of I know we've climbed in the area are Ben Honsey. Yes, that um, was also painful. <laughs> it was also very snowy and we probably weren't well equipped either. No, but I was like just having to sprint up snowy. Uh, I think there is quite a good video that we'll try and share on our Instagram, <laughs> for example. Is it you getting pushed? No, I dived. Oh, you just, dived, yeah. right? But you just, just disappeared in the snow, basically. <laughs> we, 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 couldn't, we wouldn't have been able to find you, basically. Uh, yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll try and share that. Some good pictures there. Um, I've also climbed up Benim. Um, uh, a few of us went up, not all of us came back down. Well, no, sorry, not all of us made it to the top. They all <laughs> came back down. <laughs> that was going to get dark there. Um, so, yeah, one of our pals uh, lost the heat and uh, couldn't make it back down. You weren't there that day, were you? No, I wasn't. I had other uh, commitments. But you were filled in later on. Yeah, I, I believe uh, one of the other people on that went up uh, filled me in later on in the battle co-op and I was rolling about the floor, literally rolling around <laughs> in the floor with laughter. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. Not, at the time I was kind of, I was like, that sounds like a pretty toxic environment to yeah. be in, but now I'm raging, I miss it. Sometimes when you go up a mountain with six-year pals, you know, things can happen along the way, but it's a bit unforeseen, but yeah, it's... Um, <laughs> I've not been up it, but Ben Vorlick is also very popular. I know that's quite nearer, maybe... It's a bit nearer Glasgow, perhaps, in some other places, but... Yes, um, I think, is that not kind of more, again, guys, well, right at the top of the walk. Right. Um, yeah. And uh, in terms of the, the Grahams, we've got, um, well, we've got the Cobbler, is the really popular one, yes. the Arica. Um, and, so, yeah, uh, the Cobbler's like a peak on the on the mountain, but the, the actual mountain itself is called Ben Arthur. Right, right, right. Um, and cool. So yeah, that's the cobbler's like the middle of the peaks with the kind of sickly bit at the top. Mm. Yeah, it's quite a distinctive feature at the top, right? Um, the cobbler's quite popular for that peak. Um, and it's the middle of those three peaks. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it was originally known as... I'm going to let you pronounce this, Matthew. Oh, no, don't do this, do <laughs> <laughs> Uh 
basically it meant Arthur's seat. It's um, whatever the. It's, it's almost, it actually looks like it might just be seat seat Arthur. Aye. But uh, <laughs> seat is spelled S U I D H E. There's your Gaelic slash Gaelic Celtic languages for you. Um, but yeah, it's a generic hill name seat and um, associated with noble people or saints. Um, not all the people I know that went up to Cobbler fit that bill. No, definitely not. There was those two, you remember the two women who came up? This oh, was yeah. again, like, middle of winter and two women walked up and like, what looked like a pair of knock-off Ugg boots and... Yeah, um, Yeah, uh, well... Yeah. All right. Um, um, yeah, we're considering again we were on our hands and knees trying to get to the top and they just <laughs> bounced up. One of them lit a cigarette at the top of the mountain as well, which is quite nonchalant. Like. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And that point, I think we were probably drinking cans in the way up as well. Yeah, it didn't yeah, help either, but dragging more 15 at the top as well. Yeah, that was nice. Um, nice to have a wee tipple at the top of the mountain if you're, if you're uh, not driving back. Um, well, Ben Venu um, is actually, um, I think, a Graham as well. I yes, uh, yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's a great one to climb, and Ben Ann is an even easier peak. Um, do I stop here, Matt? Yeah, actually, why not? Um, ben Ann is right next to Ben Venu. Um, they're both near Loch Katrine. Um, and yeah, um, Ben Ann's a slightly smaller peak than that. Um, but yeah, um, they are good ones to climb and a great place to visit Loch Katrine as well if you're there. Um, I've actually, there was a time when our mate uh, uh, Div and Harry went with them and tried to climb Ben Venu, I think. And we just failed miserably. It was one of those days where it was just out. pouring, Aye. pouring down. That's another thing. It's sometimes it's possible to climb in the cold. Climbing in the rain is a tough one, um, even if it's just a few hours. So we got like three quarters of the way to the top, and it was literally too, it, the visibility was so poor we couldn't see like a foot in front of us. So we turned back, and then these guys kind of came up before us, and they were like, um, you know, is it worth making it to the top? And I just went, no. <laughs> and he just went, all right, and turned round and walked back down again. But like, it was so, so difficult. So you need to watch out for these these moments. But um, yeah, we now come on from the Grahams to the even smaller Corbett's. And a really good one that we've been up a couple of times, Matt, is Ben Doob. Yes, Ben Doob, yeah, to call it for yes, a while. Quite like Ben, ben Doob. I also remember going up that, kind of like the start of summer one year, maybe about seven years ago. Yeah. And honestly, like, I've never seen anywhere so green in my life. It's yeah, incredible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you get a good, really good view actually down to like the Erskine Bridge. You can see yeah, very, yeah. very far from there because that's obviously when almost just above the Highland Boundary Fault Line. So you're hmm. higher up and you're looking down to kind of slightly flatter area. Yeah, and uh, do comes from the Gaelic word for black or dark, probably coming from the dark heather that covers the hill. But yeah, it is, it's a great wee walk up and um, over Luss, which is a nice place to visit as well. So you can park down there. Remember to pay your parking ticket. Don't do what our friend Div did and let it mount up till it's over 100 quid. Dude, uh, a lot of, a lot of today. in this. Yeah, yeah, sorry, mate. <laughs> um, uh, so, so, yeah, it's a great place to visit and a great place to walk up as well. And the views are, like most of these peaks, they are amazing. Uh, over the top there, um, over the top of Luss in the west bank of the Loch, of south west bank of Loch Lomond. Even weir peaks, uh, weir hills, uh, smaller hills, if you'd um, like to try them, that, that we've tried. Um, some Conic Hill, as I think we recorded yeah, um, the first, first episode, maybe. Yep. Yeah, so we mentioned that as well. That's just at Balmaha as well, where we're very near to on the West Highland Way just now. Um, Conic Hill's a short, like a 45-minute walk on the way up, maybe between 45 minutes and an hour. Yeah. 
and um, it's a, again fantastic views up the top and even a, even smaller hill with still amazing views over the lock um, on again on the south coast is um, of the lock is the dumpling yes, um, which, which I think we bit again Duncrine Hill, as it's called, actually the formal yeah. name, yeah, people call it Dumpling around here. Um, it's in Gartaharn again, you can just park in the little town of Gartaharn. It's like, uh, it's honestly like a 30 minute walk to the top, but the, the views are so, so good. Um, and we also have um, Ben Bowie, which is between, uh, I guess, the. Yeah, that's as another one we've mentioned on yeah. this before. Um, that's part of the Highland Boundary Fault Line, so mm. that's kind of what runs. Once you get across the lock, that's what you're going up um, and then back on the other side of that. Is yeah. Helensborough, and um, yeah, so I, that's a kind of breakdown for you of your your Munros, your Graham's, your Corbett's, and your smaller hills, which are worth visiting as well. There's there's so many more kind of places to discover and and look at yourself. You know, um, walkhighlands.com is a great mm, resource. Yes, I um, um, recommend using that. Is that the one where you get the wee the boots next the boots and the, the grass as well yeah, yeah no I like yeah. that and it gives you distance and the time yeah. it probably should take you yeah. Um, so yeah that's a that's a good resource check out walkhighlands.com and you can you can also visit places by region on that um, and it's you know if you're going to a certain part of the, the region you can see what walks are good around there um, flat walks and and a kind of um, hill walks as well um, so yeah we kind of last part of this uh, episode is looking at uh, languages really Matt and how it's going to influence the names and stuff of different hills yes so um, kind of relating to the, the Highland clearances where a lot of Gaelic was passed down not through writing but through um, it was uh, orally so if a lot of people are leaving the area they're not there to then pass it down so um, which kind of then led on to the names being anglicised, I think kind of phonetically, so they right. written down as they sound by the Ordnance Survey, I think that was in the, the 19th century. So again, another one that kind of falls into this category is the cobbler, as we mentioned, right. starting off as the Gaelic way of saying Arthur's seat, and then going on to Ben Arthur, and then uh, anglicised again to the peak, uh, mm. which is the cobbler. Um, so yeah, the... So Cumbric was the sort of old Britannic language and that was yes. overtaken by the Angles in the southeast and the Gallic Kingdom of the Scots. So that, yeah, so that that went to kind of like. That's I think most of that's kind of um, down near the borders. Um, mm. So yeah, it's not really uh, appropriate for around yeah. this area. I think a lot of this will make more sense as well when we talk about in later a later episode um, the kingdoms of the Brits, the Scots, yes, and the Picts as well, because we have in that kind of the, the Brits sort of uh, the, I guess sort of Celtic, um, sort of Cumbric influenced languages of the Brits and, and also the the Scots that was spoken by the Scots kingdom yep. obviously and then the Gaelic that was spoken by the Picts I think a lot yes, of them. Yes, so they'd have been further yeah. up so that probably yeah. makes sense. Um, you know, so we'll go into that in more detail when we talk about them as well but yeah, so it's difficult again to pin down the original meanings, you know, because a lot of these were kind of passed on orally. Yeah, aye, and then, as I said, if people aren't there to pass them down then they just kind of get lost or they yep shifted slightly so also with the naming of peaks um, the higher ones would have been named first mm. as they're kind of more significant more right, noticeable right, right. so I think like their names will have actually changed more because it's been longer mm. since they've their first name came about um, sense, yeah. and then Gaelic also has a lot of words I guess adjectives to describe right. um, colours size things like that so I mean, there's all these um, different words for shapes and sizes and mm. colours, and my grandpa, the Gaelic-speaking one, 
decided to call his cat Peashat, which <laughs> is called Cat. That's a good name. I like <laughs> for, a, that. for a cat, yes. Helpful. So yeah, all these ones. And that was uh, that, that was what it was narrowed down to. And then that that's that's a different grandfather to the one that. Yes, that's the, yeah, that was the, that's the Gaelic speaking one aye, uh, aye. from Barra. So the um, I that's where I should get some Gaelic from, but I do not have any. Well, it's tough, probably one of those tough ones to teach yourself in later life. Did Duolingo do something like that? I think they do like Possibly, a weird, maybe yeah. Irish Gaelic, I'm not sure if they do that. I think it might be, yeah. which, and they are different. Yeah, they um, are different, I'd imagine. But I think it's interesting you say that the hill names a lot contain like kind of colours, body parts, people, creatures and nature references. Like, I find it interesting that Ben Lohman doesn't have a name, or at least a popular name, which is like related to the fact that it, it's so distinguishable by its head, head and shoulders. shoulders yes, aye. Like, if you look at the, the hill, it's so dis- like even for a kind of amateur sort of naturalist. Like if you look at Ben Lomond, it has a very distinctive peak, which is the head, and then the ridges, which are shoulders around it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought that, that maybe there is a name that's been lost or something that is known. Possibly, yes. It, but, um, but yeah, that's um, that's really interesting. I think that again, that language stuff, it's it's so imbued in sort of cultural and political references as well that we'll go on to when we talk again about the sort of kingdom as a. Uh, that were around here in the, um, you know, at the turn of the the, the first millennium AD as well. Um, uh, we've already talked a little bit about um, sort of um, that sort of pre-medieval history, but we'll go on to talk about later peoples as well, and a lot of this comes into it then. Uh, but yeah, um, that's that's uh, that's a lot for this episode. I, think I was going to say, yeah, I think eh? we should wrap up before the uh, the, before the, the battery, battery runs out. <laughs> Let's do that. And Good don't show. bore the listeners to death either. So um, no chance of that happening, mate. Really. Yes, that. Call it a show. Yes, I think so. So, hope you enjoyed that, guys. Yeah, have a good Relatively one. Relatively interesting. Yeah. See you shortly. Yeah, right. Thank you.